If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things, episode 5050. Send her in. How it's are like you? an anniversary again, and we just I had know. one. It's our one-year anniversary, anniversary. We had twice. <laughs> Very nice. It happens. Yeah, it happens. I'm I'm good, Shannon. I I feel relatively rested today. That's awesome. Especially it's, considering we're also casting later. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah. How about you? Are you ready for that at f- 17 a.m. for you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Just been a long few days, which I'll talk about in a couple minutes here. But before we get started, Cinderin, it is patron shout out time. You take the first half. I do the start now. Yeah, yes. I'll do the start. Okay. Underscore Ben Broomhead, Ben Jackson, Blaze, Chosnek Pizda, DG, Dop Deporia, Dyslexic Lawyer, Fane, Freb the Pleb, not Fred Fred. Okay. Uh, freshly seasoned goat balls. <laughs> Ganesh Arshaman and GG Gamer 74. Also anonymous, Milos Gravilovich, Nivnav, Novi Panda, my boy, uh, Poop Feast 420. Wow, that is quite the name. Pitch Black, Ronnie Keel, Scott Benotti, Terry Tip, The Coward, Fellowship of the Ping. Vincent Moore, Wooden Aftertaste, and Zeroic Dota. Thank you all for being part of the Imbruge tier for okay, Patreon. Did somebody, did somebody rename to Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, or is that a new patron? I couldn't tell you. I copy-paste, and it gives me what it gives me. Gotcha. Yeah, they probably rename every week to fuck with us. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Thank you guys very much, as always, for being uh, the big supporters of the of the podcast, but obviously... Thanks to everybody who is chipping in. Uh, our patron has been steadily growing since it came out, and we're actually closing in on 200 patrons right now. So that's that's really great. So thanks, everybody, for that. And Thank let's, you. Uh, let's continue with the show, if okay. you can call it that. So I said I've been stressed the past few days, Sindarin. As you know, the mm-hmm. custom game we're creating, Path of Guardians, was supposed to come out uh, yesterday. Uh We've had a lot of delays, let's just say. It was supposed to come out in January, actually, if you want me to be perfectly honest. Um, but we've had some issues. Yeah. But I'm going to say this now, and it's going to happen, because I'm putting good juju out into the air, and it's being forced by me regardless. It's coming out tomorrow, Wednesday. Wednesday morning, oh. uh, Western Pacific time zone-ish general time timeline. So basically, by next, uh, I'm sure the battle pass for TI will come out about an hour later which will help a lot because <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a battle pass of our own, Cinderin. Uh, so next week we can talk about both TI battle pass and the, the POG battle pass. So that should be fun. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about, if you don't mind, is a health hmm. issue. 
Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, I have a fucking dent in my head, and it's huge from my headphones. What? From your what? Okay, so hear me out here. So I do saw I want it. to hear this? How do you wear your headphones? Like when you put them on, do you like punch yourself with them every time? Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what happened. Okay, so Tim the Tatman, I believe is his name. I was watching one of his videos, and somebody in the chat was like trolling him, saying, you got a dent in your head. And he's like, ha ha, I have a dent. And he feels his head. He's like, holy shit, I have a dent in my head. <laughs> he didn't know. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I wonder if I have a dent in my head. So it's actually a thing where, depending on the headphones, you're wearing them for so long that they can indent in your fucking head, Okay. Uh, it's not permanent, from what I've been told. But thank you've God. got hair. It doesn't matter. So, how tight the, are your headphones? The are headphones that? that I have been wearing for the last year and a half are the ones that have done it. Brand will rename, remain nameless, although it's probably in my Twitch profile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're very, very heavy at the top for some reason. I remember the first time I put them on, I'm like, God, why is it so heavy up here? That's so annoying. I just but didn't then think ultimately your head went numb to them, basically. Something like that. And, and I'm now not you talking, don't have a head anymore. I'm not talking... Like, the problem is I have a lot of hair right now, so you can't see anything. But it's not like some small indent. So you see the, the, the top of this, uh, the headphones here, right? It's like a, it's like a somewhat mm-hmm. thin... Let me just point down a little bit. Somewhat thin headband here, okay? Imagine two enormous ones like this. These are where my indents are. I have two enormous indents in my fucking skull. Shannon, which, don't I have the same headset as you? I don't think so. What do you have? It's not that heavy. That is not my no. Those are the, no? the one that you're wearing. The one I'm wearing now oh, is right, not I the one see. that's ruined me. Okay. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Okay. This is and an older model. This is a different model anyway. Yeah. Their newer okay. model, okay. which I got like a year and a half or two years ago, apparently just fucked me beyond belief. I can't even believe how bad it is. So, so what are you going to do about it? I'm using these headphones for now, which have their own issues, but at least it's not giving me a fucking dent in it. How about treating it like people that bald and make it a feature? So when you start balding, a lot of people just cut off their hair because they're like, this is just me now. How yeah. about you embrace this and you make like a little theme park in your, in your dent? A theme park <laughs> for ants. God, your suggestions are so stupid. You know, they're not even Thank funny. You. I laughed out of okay. respect for you and not your joke. Okay. I mean, laugh's a laugh. That's true. Okay, let's get started with the episode. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on my weekly dent uh, recovery rate. <laughs> <laughs> and- <laughs> weekly dent update. I like that. Uh, 7.26a was released, Cinderin, very shortly after 7.26, of course. Yep. Um, what are the highlights for you a lot of the the changes to move speed related things no more percentages for like boots talk to me about it yeah so basically what they've done is they've kind of backtracked in a way the way move speed works so the way it started working was that all of the boots stopped giving flat move speed and started giving percentage based move speed some months ago i don't remember how long uh, but now they've reverted it and changed some of the values to flat. And what that basically does is it makes all of the heroes with good base move speed slower because they don't get the percentage benefit and makes the slow heroes faster because the flat is more for them. So, for example, Boots of Speed beforehand gave 15%. Now they give 45 If you do the math, that's the exact same for a 300 move speed hero. 
But for anyone with above 300 move speed, they're slower. And anyone with below 300, they're faster than before. Um, this change is kind of, I think it comes from the fact that Dota in general has just been creeping like crazy on mobility and movement speed over the last like year or two. Lots of heroes have got like two charge jumps or uh, move speed talents. That's another thing. When boots give percentage, then obviously all your other move speed benefits get amplified. So now move speed talents are worse. Um, a lot of the items that give flat move speed are worse. And now the only items that now give percentage-based move speed are the good old ones that used to, like Yasha, Manta, this, the Yasha combinations, and uh, Drum still gives percentage when activated. So um, I think it was a necessary change. I hope we get more move speed reductions or more mobility reductions over the next couple of patches because I think it's gone too far. Like Heroes are just way too crazy in movement overall. And I think it makes a lot of heroes fade a bit compared to what they used to and how good they are um Spirit i think vessel. it's part of the reason part of the reason probably that a hero like crystal maiden fell out of favor so much is that she just got too slow at some point like wow. she has always been slow which is fine there's nothing wrong with the hero being slow but when everything else gets twice as fast as you you have a problem well like, they just... kept nerfing it it was like literal every patch five movement speed deleted so what do you expect eventually she sucks because yeah. of it uh, uh, one other we should notable mention Cinderin is yeah. I was gonna say Scotty. Spirit Vessel. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Spirit both. Vessel. Yeah. So Spirit Vessel, so, obviously, before you had to use a charge and was negative. Was it still considered negative regeneration? I guess it was the same exact. Uh, uh it mechanic. was. It was considered healing reduction. Oh, do you mean the damage it dealt? The damage it deals is magic. No, 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 no. The. Okay, let me just explain what it does now. It's, it, it works in similar ways. Like, the mechanic is not new at all, but mm-hmm. uh, now it provides a negative aura that reduces health regen uh, and heals and lifesteal by 20% in 1,200 AoE. So that means it's always working, even with zero charges, which we talked about this yeah. in the cast, is beneficial at certain times of the game. But mm-hmm. now the actual uh, damage over time that you can apply when you get charges has gone down from 60% to 35%. So if you combine them, it's less than before. Yeah. What do you think? In addition to that, it, <clears throat> I think we should mention this because we just talked about move speed. It no longer uses Windlace, so it doesn't give move speed anymore. And it costs the same as before because the recipe was increased by the price of Windlace. So uh, that's another nerf. The move speed is just worse. Um, mm. I would say this item is... In most cases for me, it is slightly worse than before um, because of all the factors of it not having the move speed, of the fact that when you stack it on top of a key target, it's a little bit less. But it also, something important I think that people underestimate is the importance of the thing being an aura. Like they just look at the numbers and they're like, oh, it went from 60 to 55 when it's activated and uh, now it also has 20% AoE. So everybody just immediately jumped to the conclusion, wow, this item is so much better than before. But to me, the fact that it's an aura around the carrier means that you can counterplay it. Beforehand, you get vesseled and you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm vesseled. Now you can get far enough away <clears throat> from the vessel carrier and that will reduce the healing reduction by 20%. You can kill the guy with the vessel, which allows you to heal way more. And yeah, I mean, those are the two new things, right? So then it's about, I think against certain lineups, the new one is better. If you're playing against a lineup that has a lot of AoE healing, let's say something like Chen, I think the new Spirit Vessel is really good because uh, everybody in the team is regenerating all the time. Or 
maybe something like Necrophos, you could make a case it's better because he can't really get away from the 1200 range because he's so slow mm-hmm. and he's healing his team all fight as well with Death Pulse. Um, but against a lot of the heroes you bought it against before that I think it's worse, probably something like Morphling, Alchemist. Um, Would you consider from to, like the like carrier's top. perspective, like who buys it? In theory, it's better on tankier heroes now. People that can survive through fights, right? Yeah, people that stay in the fight. And that's another thing, right? A lot of the vessel buyers were like hidden run heroes. Like you saw it bought on Weaver, you saw it bought on Ember Spirit, where you jump in, cast your spells, vessel someone, and jump out. And now if you do that, it's not nearly as impactful as before. So yeah. I mean, 1200 radius is big. It's not like the aura is small. But in a lot of fights, this does matter quite a bit. Especially the fact that you can kill the guy with the vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, is is pretty useful. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe, you know, as always, this uh, when new items come out, sometimes I overrate them, sometimes I underrate them. I feel pretty strongly that this was a good change and a good direction, but maybe the numbers need a little more tweaking uh, overall. Yeah. It's, it's possible that it's still... Because it, beforehand, it was considered too good, and that's why they changed it. And even if this is a nerf, it might still be really, really strong in a lot of cases and therefore still look too good. And maybe the new one is even better. Like, I could be wrong here because 20% on everyone might matter more than I think. It's just the fact that the item was usually bought to hard counter one hero, right, in the game. Sometimes two. Um, so, yeah. So, I want to mention Silver Edge no longer reduces regen, Cinderin. That was in for mm-hmm. how long, would you say? Was that a thing? I want to say one in... One month? Two months? In... Let's say three or four years, there's going to be two personalities that have an argument over a trivia question, whether Silver Edge ever reduced regen, because <laughs> it only occurred for a fucking month, and they got rid of it already. Jesus Christ. But as a result, Cinderin, talk about Eye of Scotty, the changes. Yeah, so they put it on Scotty. Scotty is the same item, but now it reduces all region heals and lifesteal by 35%. So people have been talking about there's not enough ways of reducing healing. Uh, now there's the aura from Vessel. And you obviously still have AA and... Well, then they took it away from Silver Edge because they thought it was dumb and then put it on Scotty. Uh, <laughs> I don't... I, I don't know how much I like it, to be honest. I think out of all the changes in the patch, it's my least favorite one. It doesn't mean I hate it. It's just... Uh, I can't really explain it. It just it feels a little bit weird, right? I like it. Scotty does this. I, I I'm sure a cool. lot of people... Like, like Scotty wasn't bought a lot anymore. Like People were buying Satanics and Butterflies and Daedalus instead uh, pretty much exclusively. So now I like the fact that Scotty is better and I like that it has more value. But I, I don't know if healing reduction was what it needed to do. But maybe it's really cool. Like It, it gives you, as a counter carry, the option of somewhat countering Satanic, for example, uh, with your own carry build mm-hmm. by going Scotty. Um, it makes it more appealing. So I'm a big fan of, of the fact that Scotty is better. Well, like yeah, you this, said, uh, this say, is a bit... like similar items like Satanic, when I say similar items, similar tiered items, Satanic were built far more often. This is, I mean, this is a buff. There's no question about it, but... Right. And you're saying it's weird. That's fine. I like it personally. I like weird. Mm-hmm. You know me. Mm-hmm. Is this enough for this to become a rel- more relevant item than it was previous? Yes. I'm not sure. I think we'll so. See. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about okay? Then, uh, we, I want to mention nullifier debuff is no longer dispellable. Uh, oh yeah, true. That's different. Does yeah. that mean BKB will not take it off? Um, what can you even have on? What can nullifier even remove while you're BKB'd? 
if let me just think that's a good point actually i think you can't dispel it but i think it gets removed by magic immunity but spell bkb doesn't give magic immunity anymore when they changed that all my knowledge went out the window so that's why i asked ask you these uh, questions oh wait, so good to know it hurts it's your a brain bit of a too. definition thing i honestly i haven't seen this happen so i can't tell you for sure i think bkb still removes it but you can't uh, lotus orbit off anymore for example um, yeah if it can't be removed by BKB as well, then it gets really interesting because then a, a carry with, say, BKB Satanic, for example, can't mm. can't pop BKB and then Satanic to counteract it. But yeah, I just have I haven't seen the interaction yet of uh, BKB being used after. I haven't tested it. I could test it right now, actually. Good timing. I'm curious. Just yes. gonna have a look. Uh, anything off the top? Like a lot of the hero changes were relatively minor. Nothing crazy. The thing I was surprised with, and we kind of talked about this when 7.26 was originally uh, released in its, all its three-line glory, we thought that a lot of the heroes would get stat changes. I'm guessing that's mm. still coming, right? Maybe it's just Probably. too short a notice or yeah, not I enough so. stats to base this off of. Okay. Right. I, I feel like it's inevitable that that will happen. Um, yeah. Lots of the hero changes are just move speed-based. So heroes that have any sort of percentage-based move speed got changed because of the boots change so that it's in cohesion, just coming mm -hmm. in in the same patch. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's, there's, not, there's like a couple of nerfs to specific heroes. I think Caudal got the, one of the biggest ones, Caudal and Phoenix and Pugna. Probably the single biggest nerf of the patch is on Pugna's Netherward level one. It went from 30-second duration to 18. Uh, it was used to destroy lanes actually early on. Uh, people realized that you could do some crazy stuff with it. Um, so yeah. All right. Almost ready to test that interaction I wanted to test. Great, because I was but about to switch subjects completely. I don't want to talk about this patch anymore. <laughs> Please I'm hurry. Just quickly buy a nullifier hurry. here. Nullifier, and this guy gets BKB. Well, I'm just going to not talk and just yeah, wait. It doesn't remove it. You were right. It stays on. So it's like so Demonic nothing, Purge then? Yeah, just that Demonic Purge. Uh, yeah, it's the exact same, isn't it? Well, it does damage. Demonic Purge has the big difference. Yeah, sure. And Demonic Purge with eggs has break. But outside of that, like the, the concept is the same. It's a basic dispel, right? Mm. But Demonic Purge is... Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's fine. I'm guessing you can't apply it while BKB is active, though. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's another thing Demonic Perch has over it, then. Uh, yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, ninjas in pajamas have picked up the Chicken Fighters syndrome. We cast Chicken Fighters. They got destroyed by, <laughs> I believe it was OG Seed. Then they got yep. picked up by Nip. And then, as a result of being picked up by Nip, they took their slot in the tournament that they didn't get into the We Play tournament, and then they destroyed OG Seed under the nip name. What do you think about these boys? Of course, we should go over the roster for those that don't know. Charlie Dota Supreme, who had a god-tier game on TA. We cast that one. That was... He was like 22-1. and one. Uh, Saberlight, Era, and Seneco. Era, of course, we talked about him before. One of my favorite players of all time from Heroes of New Earth. Super nice guy. Played on Fnatic with No Tail and Fly and all the rest of the guys. Just hasn't found that same level of success in Dota for whatever reason. 
Yeah. Uh, what do I think about the team? I th- yes. I think. Uh, I'm a bit unsure. I mean, they're still they're still very new, right? Um, I think the individual skill is there for the players. Uh, I think the player that in that team that has stood out the most to me in the I want to say the last month is probably Supreme, the mid player, uh, has impressed me quite a lot with his plays uh, in pub games primarily that I've played with or against him, and then. Uh, yeah, watching them play competitively, he's definitely transferring the skill over. So um, it's an interesting team. I think putting on the realistic goggles here, uh, they're playing in Europe. There's a lot of stacked teams right now. Uh, you're playing against all of them in these online tournaments because they have nothing else to do. So you need to beat OG. You need to beat Nigma. You need to beat Secret. You need to beat Liquid. Um yeah, even if they merge in some of the tournaments, there's also VP who's looking really strong right now. There's there's a lot of teams you need to be mm-hmm. in. Uh, but I do think in terms of how the old NIP ended off, I don't think from an organization standpoint that this team is performing worse. I think it's performing probably on par with the final iteration of NIP toward the end. Uh, not the version that qualified for the major, which then didn't happen. I think when NIP qualified for the major, they were playing on a different level than these guys. But uh, you, you know, they also need time to build up and everything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just interesting to see them play some more. They've been looking pretty solid, uh, so it's promising. I think the biggest wild card for me is, I mean, you talked about Supreme. I don't know much about mm-hmm. him other than what I've seen. Obviously, he was very, very good. Actually, first game he got destroyed. And then he destroyed back. Um, mm-hmm. But Seneca is the biggest question mark for me. He's the biggest wild card. I think he's supremely talented. And I don't know. Everything I've heard about him is negative, personality-wise. Just, of course, I don't know what's real. I can only mm-hmm. attest to what people have been telling me. But it's always been something personality-clashing-wise within every single team he's been on. So I don't know if he's matured. If maybe it's not him, it's you kind of thing. Yeah, it's always it's always you though, right? <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, he has like the highest ceiling of any player, any support player that has not made it to like the top echelon, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Uh, so before I know what you're going to transition into now, but before you do that, I want to tell this quick story about the Kayan backpack that I wrote down because I, I feel like it actually wait, hold on it ties second. in more. Huh? Oh, okay. I was going to talk yeah. about this, but okay. Yeah, we'll do that after. Okay. It's just it. This ties in more with actually. We should have had it right after the patch because it kind of ties in with this. So oh. if you remember last episode, we were talking about how some ideas, like I think we talked about Pango Ulti, right, being an idea that was really old from the Play Dota forums, and then it finally makes it into the game like ten years later. So one of the beta testers wrote to me afterwards. He had listened to the podcast, and he was like, "Did you know that Kaya and Backpack are ideas that date back to before the Play Dota forums?" Kaya and Backpack are ideas from DotaAllStars.com. So the backpack really? was suggested in 2005. The backpack was suggested, and so was the Kaya. A lot of so, gems. That's awesome. I think I think it's fun to see how, basically, it seems like the design ideology or the history of the game is... It's almost like Ice Frog is waiting for the right time. It's like when the game reaches yeah. a state where he can finally introduce some old idea that he kind of liked but felt like the game wasn't ready for. Hmm. To me, it's cool that these 15-year-old ideas get put in the game. Um, I would those love were two to he see... just mentioned. I wondered. There's probably more, right? Well, that's but... a, 
I'm sure it's there's cra- like some giant ass list. I don't know how they keep track of stuff. It's on like some crazy whiteboard in their offices or something. But I'm sure there's thousands of ideas that they just look yeah. at every now and then. Like, would this work in today's game? It's just imagine cool. imagine being the person who is developing or patching this game, and you have this idea for 15 years before you put it in. I'm just trying to wrap my head around the perspective of this. Like, it's pretty fascinating to me. I'm sure he, I mean, either he disliked it for 14 years and he was like, eh, whatever, let's try it. Or he liked it, but he was like, I need to wait for the right moment for this. And you wait 15 years. So who the fuck came up with neutral items? That's the real question. (laughs) Somebody smoked some crack 15 years ago. Neutral items were invented by Warcraft 3. So thank you. They were already there, right? They just dropped when you farmed camps back then. So that's an even older concept, technically. I mean, that's true. It wasn't quite the same, though. Um, that is kind of true. It is a bit of a blast from the past in that regard. I never really thought about that. Uh, but neutral camps have so much less significance than those camps did back then. Like those were required to take, as opposed to now they're just like it's a luxury almost mm-hmm. to some mm-hmm. respect. Uh, that's pretty cool, though. Uh, you should ask yeah. him for uh, some more ideas that they're going to put in the game so we can highlight them on this podcast. <laughs> Tell us what's next. Tell yes, us please. what will be in the next patch before it comes out. I'm sure yes. everyone will love that. Uh, actually, you can okay. ask them why they haven't buffed the fucking fountain yet. Is that an idea? Tell them to put that idea down. huh? <laughs> in our mod, by the way, I, I have to say this. In our mod, Cinder, you know what I do with the fountain? No. I, in, I increased the damage significantly. I gave it multi-shot, and I gave it break. It fucks you up if you dive fountain. That's how it should be, okay? That's going to be the one idea they take from our mod into regular Dota. You just wait and see. There's going to be a revolution. Based on how much you hate fountain diving, why don't you literally just make it one shot in your mod? Like That's what you want. That's not true. So you make it seem like I'm on one extreme. I don't think so. I think the extreme is what it's currently (laughs) in the game, actually. It's very easy to just sit in fountain at the end of the game with certain heroes and do whatever the fuck you want. So in the mod, I've actually tested it. If you're super farm, you can go get a kill, but you're probably going to get killed by the time you get back out. Not always, but you'll be at the very least extremely low, regardless of how much farm you've had. So that's how it should be. That is balanced. It's at its extreme right now. Okay? Yes. Thank you for agreeing with me. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that all your ideas get implemented in the game, but not mine. I wonder why. Obviously, somebody is uh, hating on me, you know? Maybe your ideas are not balanced. <laughs> we'll see. Well, one day, one idea will get in. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about PPD retiring last week. Well, Universe has retired now. And I'm just going to read exactly what he wrote because it's super short. I have decided to retire as a player from competitive Dota 2. Whenever I do anything in life, I tend to be an all-or-nothing type of person, and Dota was no different. For the past 10 years, I have given everything I've, I have to this game slash competition, and it was an incredible experience. Now the time has come to pursue other interests and figure out what comes next. Thank you to my fans and past teammates for the amazing memories I will never forget. So two players on the same team from TI have now retired in the yeah. same week. What does that mean? Or is that just coincidence? Is well, TI they were canceled? also on the same. They were also on the same team now, right? They were on oh, NIP, sure. but then Universe got released because of COVID, and then 
I mean, the two things are probably linked, right? They might have also released him because he wanted to retire anyway. We don't really know like what the order was here, but yeah, I mean, is universe, Sumail next? Cinderin. <laughs> I don't think Sumail is next yet. Yeah, these these are two of the. Are they the two oldest players from that EG roster outside fear. of fear? Oh well, AUI fear yeah. still plays. I, think I don't know if AUI younger. is older than PPD. He might be actually. I'm not completely sure. Well, either way, um, age is still. Th- these players are not too old to play competitive Dota. There are players playing at a very high level right now that are older, so it's not an age thing. But it's about the thing that happens to a lot of people, right, is that they they want to do something else. And, you know, you got to admire the fact that he put in so much time and effort and everything. But you also got to admire when people want to do something else. Like, uh, people are obviously celebrating all their accomplishments and everything. But, you know, you got to... It, it's maybe... It may be a little difficult to understand like the magnitude of this if you haven't been in it yourself, how much Dota takes out of you, how much energy, how much time, how many sacrifices you make if you're playing at a high level. Um, mm. So I think for a lot of people, it's natural that when you've been there, done that, and things are kind of declining, that you start thinking about the other side, right? Uh, and for Universe, unfortunately, I don't think he lacked the skill to keep playing at the very highest level. But the way things developed... Um, in the last few years, he just hasn't had the same impact that he used to. And, you know, if he kept winning tournaments nonstop, would he have retired now? Probably not, but maybe. You never know. Uh, but, you know, it's. It, I think it's a pretty natural thing. Um, well, sometimes he's, he's you just get burnt out, out too, yeah, right? It could be whatever. Like, people... Yeah. People will make up their own reasons, right? Like, oh, it's because he's past his prime or it's because he isn't winning anymore. And who are we to tell, right? You, you don't know. Like, if he would have been winning everything, he might have felt like this was the time anyway for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. obviously, hugely impactful player. I think he just determined or contributed a lot to how offlaners play. Uh, toward the end when he played support, I don't think that really influenced the scene very much. But his offlane years really made a big difference for how... Uh, tons of players played i think he's the for a lot of players in dota he's considered one of the most stable players of all time just in terms of performance he would always show up play well sometimes he would pop off completely but usually he would just be like super solid doing his job uh, and executing the strategy and for a lot of teams that is extremely high value compared to having someone that's hot and cold where sometimes they cost you the game it was extremely rare that universe lost the game for his team and it was mm-hmm. common that he carried it, and that's you know yep. super high value. So on heroes, just, he hated too. Amazing, <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> fucking darkseer, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best players of all time, of course. And uh, of course, there's been a lot of situations where people retire and then come back. A lot of that mm-hmm. comes down to just being burnt out, and then after a few months, you're like, okay, I just needed a rest. Now I'm good to go. So who knows yeah, if that's going to be the case? But yeah. there's been a rumor that I believe it was on Reddit. That both players, or players in general, have been told by Valve that TI is canceled. Let's just, it's, I, I think this is kind of one of the, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not out there that mm-hmm. much. But let's just assume it's true, even though I don't think it personally is. Mm-hmm. Would, do you think that would have that kind of an effect where people just start retiring if TI is canceled? Like this was like in um, their mind, like this is going to be my last year and then it ends up being canceled. Like, all right, fuck it. I'm gone. That, I think, is a true possibility, yeah. That some people are like, I want to go out with TI-10. This will be my last year. This will be the last I do. And then you have to choose, okay, well, if TI is canceled and gets moved to next year, do I want to stick it through for this? Or was Mm -hmm. this where I was mentally? I was like, this is my last year. 
uh, like last calendar year. Um, and if that's the case, then yeah, I could totally see that. That maybe they even talked about it together, PPD and Universe, and were like, "This is going to be our last one, you know, ride or die." And then, if they have been told that it's canceled, then they retired based on that. I don't know. I genuinely don't know, but it's a possibility, right? Uh, with the current state of the world, it's likely that TI gets, if it gets run at this point, it will be in the, it will not be at the original date, right? I think that's pretty. It's relatively safe to say now that this running in August in Sweden seems really unlikely at the current point, mm-hmm. and it might not happen this calendar year either. But it might happen before next August. But you know, we'll just have to wait and see. This is pure speculation. I have no idea what's happening with it. I haven't heard anything. Um, but yeah, that's it's really it's exciting to find out what happens, not just for TI's sake, but also for Dota's sake in general. Like, what do we do as a community with the year when TI isn't there? Like, what are people going to do? Will there be a battle pass? What's it going to contribute to? Are Valve going to put in a lot more energy now that they don't have to execute a TI, which is a huge thing to execute with Mm -hmm. programming all the stuff for the battle pass, with making new things for the game, with running the event? If they don't have to do that, Will they put more effort into other things that people have been asking for for years, like spring cleaning or uh, new player experience, advertising the game? Like, uh, Well, that's I think the thing that surprised the, me. The silver lining here is that if TI doesn't happen, it might, in the stretch, be good for the game, actually. Which is, you know, a pretty weird perspective to have. But when you think about it, if Valve put in the same amount of effort and hours and don't have to do TI with just this year, imagine what else they could do. Uh, That's true. I'm personally they super work curious to see what they do. On Artifact. They'll yeah, just work on other games. Also make Maybe it won't even game. be on Dota. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of the issue, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure th- there's a lot of speculation right now, and there's definitely something going on, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'm assuming we'll find out within the next month. Like, Realistically, they have to tell it soon, right? Be like, okay, TI is moved or TI is canceled. Because people have made plans right around mm-hmm. oh i'm gonna take august off to go to stockholm and or two weeks or whatever uh and we're reaching a point where you know if people were starting to book flights and hotels and travel and everything uh i i don't even know how it works right now if you even can book stuff for august like maybe all the booking is just impossible you, you can't know i was actually looking officially up, reopened i don't know i was looking up flight costs but, just out of curiosity yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're actually just the same price as they've always been, aka pretty expensive, which mm-hmm. I found a little surprising, actually, because a lot of these plans are like basically empty. How many people are traveling right now? Yeah, it's not many. But uh, even though this, maybe I should have brought this up early on, but it does kind of tie in uh, for the NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the season has been postponed like everything else. They said that in three weeks, they're open to the idea of players. I believe it's three weeks. Let's just say it is. Uh, players going to their respective practice facilities to start working out, which obviously would be the first sure. step into, which is weird because I believe it's has not gotten better in the U.S. It's only gotten worse. So I, I, I don't think the U.S. is ready for this, if I can be honest I, with you. I, I don't agree. think so. I, I agree. think that could work in other countries. Uh, yeah. In Denmark, things have got a little bit lenient with some things, a bit more. Uh, but yeah, this is not this is not a Corona podcast, Shannon. So apologies. Everybody will be able to find everything about that everywhere else. We talk about other stuff. From Corona that is just as important. To artifact. So 
Artifact. <laughs> Pest uh, to <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, So here's the thing. I, I know we asked for feedback on how much we talk about Artifact, and I understand that it's going to be a mixed bag. Uh, I think we're just going to go with what we feel like we want to do first. Because the thing you guys have to remember is this is supposed to be a podcast about just esports in general with an emphasis on Dota 2. But if there's not much else to talk about Dota 2, like we might as well talk about some artifacts. Yeah. Uh, there's been two updates since we missed last week's. Uh, so let's let's talk about that. And it's actually some interesting ones. So first thing that was revealed is that there is a single mana pool shared across all lanes. That is a <coughs> huge That's change. That's a big change. And you start is at three mana still. still the same? And you yes. cap at 10? I, they didn't mention if there's a cap or not. Okay. There probably but isn't. Or if there it, is, it's higher than 10. It's got to be, right? Yeah, I think it probably... Because they said rounds go by a little quicker now. Um, they've rebalanced some of the cards in terms of how much they cost. So, uh, like, the ones that were super powerful are still, like, a lot of mana. But some of the mm. earlier game cards that used to be, like, three mana are probably going to be, like, one or two. So... That's that's a cool thing. Uh, each action will cost at least one mana, which we kind of thought was the case because we saw a lot of the, like even just using an item will cost a mana. So that's yeah. another thing to keep in mind. Uh, another question mark that we had was whether heroes of a specific color were needed still to play a card of that color in that lane. And it's exactly the same as it was before, apparently, yeah. which is good. Uh, initiative is now called Quick. And you remember in the beta... It was called Quick originally. Yeah. And then they changed it. And I was like, what the fuck? This is the worst initiative. Quick is so much better. I don't know why they ever did it, but now it's coming back. And this is the big one, Cinder. We've speculated about this all day, all night. Arrows point forward by default, but can be modified temporarily. That is. So that means cards will impact arrows. Yes. But you attack for them. So the this way that they mentioned it is... This is basically removing arrows, right? It's basically what it says. Because if everybody attacks forward by default, but you can modify the direction, it's like saying arrows is not a concept, but units can taunt or misdirect or whatever, yeah. right? Right. So so arrows are gone, pretty much. That is a huge change. Right? I'm that happy is a about really that. big change that a lot of people wanted. Yeah. Uh, there's so. been some key... First of all, I just have to give a shout out to Valve. Uh, like... I don't even know if I'm going to like this version of Artifact more. Like, obviously, the monetization model is going to be better. Like, there's no guarantee mm-hmm. that I will even like this version, but their transparency so far is just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, there's been some keyword changes. So, armor works a little bit differently now. So, before, let's say you had three armor, every mm-hmm. unit that attacked you would just be minus three attack. Yeah. But now the armor will only work temporarily and gets refreshed over the round. So, if somebody attacks you for five, It'll block three. And then if somebody else attacks you the same round, they will not be blocked by any armor. Then it gets refreshed over the round. Uh, Cleave and Siege are now active all the time, which is a ginormous change. So the way that it used to work is in order for Cleave to work, you had to have a unit in front of you, and then you would cleave to the units to the side of them. Now it doesn't matter. And then if same there's pers- nothing in front of you, you hit the tower and cleave on the heroes or units. Yes, now you would, according yeah. to this. And then Siege, mm. which essentially meant if you're blocked, you do damage to the tower, now just works all the time. You don't have to be blocked, which is intuitively... If you, like when they first brought that up in beta, I thought that's how it worked, right? That's the first mm-hmm. thing that pops in your mind. That so that's it, another- Siege would only work if you did not hit a unit. 
that siege would give you increased damage if you were hitting the tower. That would be my intuitive feeling yes. about this word. If I just hear it, I would be like, oh, whenever you're hitting a building, you do bonus damage. Yeah. But this because was the opposite way. It. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, there's a new keyword called feeble, where it reads, each unit attacking a feeble unit will deal excess damage to the tower instead. So a lot of people, I don't know, I'm not too familiar with other card games, but I believe overpower is, I think that's what people were talking about, is a very common... This is basically uh, overkill, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you deal I don't know what, if it's called that, but no. A unit has five health, you deal ten damage to it. The excess damage, which is five, goes to the tower, which is cool. Yeah. Uh Debbie, my girl, got a rework, Cinderin. Yeah. She's still a black hero, a four damage, three health unit now. She has a reactive ability called Scrapper. After combat, if Debbie the Cunning dealt damage to a tower, give the tower minus one armor and give Debbie one armor permanently. That's that sounds pretty really strong. good. Yeah, that's really good, isn't sounds it? Sounds really strong. And then her her signature card is now two mana called No Accident. Deal two damage to a unit and give it Feeble. So that's where unless the okay, comes wait from. a second. So maybe we're overrating this. When the enemy tower has minus one armor. With the new way armor works, does that mean it just takes one more damage per turn and then the armor is zero? Does minus armor work the same way as plus armor? You know what I mean? Right. So, well, we don't know if armor on the tower gets refreshed every round, but I guess... Okay. I'm assuming... It it sounded like the keyword is just changed, right? The mechanic is different. Because if that's the case, then minus one armor to the tower is not that big of a deal. If it's not true. the case, then minus one armor to the tower is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a very big difference here. So yeah, I don't know. Guess we'll have to uh, They also talked about card unlocks. All players will unlock cards in playing in any mode. But they didn't really go into too specific on how exactly that works. You can still like make tournament games and just play with whatever cards you want, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they talked about a lot of the feedback that they received, which was very obvious <laughs> what they were going to write yeah. about. Uh, progression type system. Um, they're going to use the Underlord's ranked system. So it, I don't yeah, think there's anything inherently good. unique about it, but it sounds good to me because I thought it was a good system. So, yeah. uh, And in terms of quality of life stuff, there's going to be replays, view match history, spectate friends, chat history, basically stuff that should have been in the game <laughs> to begin Do with. Do card games in general have replay? I feel like this is unique uh, to this card game. Like maybe maybe Magic has it. I don't know. I haven't played Magic online, but Hearthstone definitely... Wait, Hearthstone did have... Did they? I don't remember. I don't remember it having a replay yeah, system. Hearthstone did have replays, didn't it? At some point, at least. I don't know. So maybe... Never mind. I don't think this is that unique. But... Still uh, good to mention that Valve realized the value in replays. I think a lot of game yeah. developers don't care that much about replays, and they're like, it's about being in the game. But every well, time you play a game and replays aren't there, you're like, they're missing, right? To be fair, so, they did have replays in the beta. It was just really ghetto. Like it, oh, never mind. That was something... Replays. It has spectate only. So it is something pretty special to card games. I think. Okay. Well, you can spectate a friend play, but there's no replay. So yeah, Artifact was kind of backwards because they had they had the replay system, like I said, but it was just they just needed to make it prettier, and then they were going to implement mm-hmm. it anyway. But they didn't have spectating of friends. I always find that really annoying. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be a big feature. And then they're going to come out with a single player campaign, which is cool. So excellent. Oh, nice. Maybe that's, make one for Dota too. Hmm. Mm, yeah, new player experience. Hmm. Uh, Artifact Update 2. That was only number one, Cinderin. 
Yeah, uh, update two came out yesterday. The new hero philosophy I found interesting. This is, again, just the transparency of Valve. I mean, you can read this since I've been talking so much. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that they basically are, I don't know what the word is for this. If I, I'm going to say streamlining, or they're going to set up like an ideology for how certain cards are going to work. So this is for the heroes. So all heroes should have at least one ability. Uh, there were tons of heroes in the previous version that didn't have an ability, right? Like Keef. Um... <laughs> yeah, Keef. Um... Keef, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were more. It's just been too long since I've played. But I remember there being multiple heroes that had no active abilities. So they want Axe. that to be the case, so it's fun. Axe, for example, yeah. Um, so to make it more fun, I think it's great. Uh, usually I'm not that big of a fan of... Uh, we've talked about this to death with Dota design um, of streamlining things. But I don't think... The thing about this is it doesn't really streamline it in the sense that all heroes are the same. It just makes all heroes a bit more exciting and fun to play. But they're still going to be super different and unique. So that's great. It's like saying every hero in Dota should have an active ability, which is the case. There's no hero that only has passives. Um, Raven got close at some point. Yeah, he got close, but then he got more actives again. So... Uh, you should be excited to draw a hero's signature cards. So that this has definitely been a thing in the previous version of Artifact, where a lot of the heroes, their signature cards felt like bricks, you know? It's like, you pick a hero uh, for your deck because it's strong, but then to counteract that, the signature cards were weak. So it felt like you could get unlucky and have strong heroes, but then you draw their signature cards, and you're like, fuck, I wish I just drew a regular Keefs card. specifically was Keefs, atrocious. for example, was awfully bad. Um so, yeah, they want to change that so that you're excited to draw those cards. Uh, signature cards should avoid being situational. Uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know how they're going to manage to do that. I feel like everything in a card game is situational. Uh, but maybe what they mean by it is that the signature card should not have no use in certain situations. Like, mm. for example, Gust is a situational card because if there's nothing in the lane, it does nothing, right? Maybe that's what they mean, that a card like that will be redesigned. So yeah. all of them have a use in a lane. Don't know. Um, signature cards should generally be at their best when their corresponding hero uses them. So maybe a bonus to the power of it if it is used by a select hero, or it just have really good synergy with that hero's uh, abilities in general. Bonus if a hero has small self-synergy. Well, there it is. It's fine to have two abilities on a hero if at least one of them is a passive. So no hero will have two actives, is what I'm reading here. Mm -hmm. And finally, it's fine to have a strong active and passive abilities on the board. They create interesting threats to play around. Very much agree with that. Um, it's what makes Dota very interesting as well, is that there's so much strong stuff. that It's about counteracting each other's strong stuff rather than who is 5% better than the other guy with the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um so yeah good yeah this philosophy sounds good to me overall um need to see some concrete designs but definitely the right idea in my opinion. well here are the concrete designs they have uh we talked about debbie that was one of the neutral heroes uh well not neutral the what were they called the creep heroes i think they were called for each respective color uh, uh it was something uh, like yeah creep heroes. i think so i think creep so anyway heroes, yeah. they came out with the rest of them so keith the bold for the strength or for red cards he is now a 3-8. Uh, he has a an active ability with a 3-round uh, cooldown that costs 1 mana. Each unit pointing at Keef the Bold battles itself, which sounds really strong, depending on 
if you can if get you can them to talk with him you. first. Yeah. yeah. And it comes with a two cost signature called called reckless charge swap caster to a neighboring position it taunts and it's a quick card which means uh you gain initiative well is it i guess it's still called you maintain you maintain you maintain quick right right so you play this and it's still your turn so Um, there's kind of your taunt so what does what is taunt is that cleave to you or is it just the opposing like I said, all units that could technically target you now target you. So it says swap caster to a neighboring position. So that's the part I don't quite understand. So I'm you click on let's say taunts. you. That's the way I'm reading it, but I don't know why it's worded uh-huh. that way. So swap caster to a neighboring position. So what does that mean? Swap it to a neighboring position. So you go it's to like left using, or right. Yeah, it's like face boots. Okay, so you go to left or right, we assume, and then it taunts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you taunt, what I'm asking is, does that make every opposing unit target you that can? That's what it does, right? So all the three units across you now will attack you. Right. That's another thing we haven't even taught. Like, we assume it's only three units that can attack you now. We don't even know for sure. Yeah, that's true. But But let's say it is. Then this card, based on the philosophy they just introduced, makes a lot of sense. Because this card is really good with Keef, right? Yeah. Because Keef, by taunting will now make all of the opposing units attack themselves if he has his active ready. Which, by the way, is called Stop Hitting Yourself, which I love. That's a great fucking name. <laughs> they better keep it. Stop Hitting Yourself. Yeah. All right, take uh, um, take Farvan. So. Yeah, so then we've got Farvan. He was, out of the creep heroes, probably widely considered, I want to say, the weakest. What? Outside of, outside of Arena, right? What? Farvan was or the outside best. outside of, what was it called? The be- He was considered the best? I think so. Well, okay. Arena. So th- I remember this is- card being really good when you played, uh, what, what was it draft. called? Draft. Draft, right? He was yes. good in draft, but in Constructed, nobody used Farvan, right? Nobody used any because- of these in Constructed. Who would the hell would use a neutral card? They were awful. Unless he didn't yeah, have I the cards, right. I guess. I think some mono reds could use Keef. Mm, Maybe. I don't think so. I, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe none of them were good. So yeah, if we compare it to draft, then scrap what I just said. This was one of the best cards in draft, uh, hero-wise. So anyway, he's different too. He now has he still has the Prowl of Vanguard card tied to him, which works the same way. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a two-four that gives neighboring units one armor. What was it so before? It was a three-five, right? No, before it had zero attack. It was a zero-two, I think, or maybe it was a zero-four. It was zero attack for sure, and then. Maybe then like it was four zero elf. four, yeah, and it gave neighboring units one armor, two armor. I think I gave one. That sounds like a terrible card for four mana. Are you sure? About this? It, it didn't cost four mana before. Well, either way, it doesn't matter what I'm it used to be at this point. I'm looking it up right now. I want to see it. Prowl of Vanguard. Zero six. Six. Okay. Nearby allies have one armor, and it cost four. Yep. And the old Farvan the Dreamer was a 4-10, and in every hero has been nerfed in terms of stats in this that we've seen so far. Uh, Farvan is now a 3-5, and he has pack, ship, uh, pack leadership, continuous effect, plus one attack for each ally in lane. That's pretty pretty good. That you can only have five, good. though, right? You can only have five in lane now. True. Uh, and the old one had, what was his old passive? That was armor, right? Yep, he was very boring. <laughs> yeah, it's very, just plus boring. one armor on each side, I think. Mm-hmm. What was it? Yeah, that's it. Something like that. Yeah. 
All right, so that's Farva. And then the last one is Jamoy, my boy, the blue. Uh, he is now a 2-6. Six. six health is actually, I believe, I want to say it's more than... No, maybe he, that was the same as before, but that's still a decent amount for a blue card. Relative so a two, to six. before, it's more, for sure. Uh, yeah. Overall. He has an active ability called Wisdom of the Elders, has an active that uh, costs one mana, four round cooldown, draw a card, so that's actually the same as before, but reduce cooldown by one, but not below one. So each time you use it, it'll reduce it, and if the game goes long enough, you just draw a card literally every round. That sounds pretty freaking good to me. So if you start with Jamui on the board, he gets his first draw turn four, then he gets his next one turn seven, next one turn nine, and then 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. If he's not dead every time he can cast it. Right. So I think there's a lot of strategy, actually. If this card is in the game, I think there will be a lot of strategy. If it turns out it's good, we don't know. But let's say this card is good. There will be a lot of strategy revolving around killing Jamui on the perfect turn. Kill him right before it comes off cooldown so that mm -hmm. he is dead the turn that he could use it. Then you delay this ramp up that Blue can do. It's so actually... I think it's cool. It's a similar it's mechanic good. to... They actually put it for Finger of Death on Lion uh, as one of the last patches. Each time he uses yeah. Finger of Death, it loses one uh, round cooldown, but that hero was so garbage. Uh, but his card for Jamoy is two mana runic instigation. Refresh all cooldowns on one of your units. That sounds Does that include Jamoy? Because if it does, blue can ramp yes. up fast. Yeah, that's true. It definitely would. Then he can Wisdom of the Elders, Runic Instigation, Wisdom of the Elders again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you sounds can quickly like get it down to a two-turn cooldown. Mm-hmm. That means on turn four, you can draw two cards and get him down to having the next draw on turn six. Instead of having the next draw on turn seven, then nine, you will have six, then seven. That's a big... And if you change. draw all of your signature cards... Yeah, if you have more <laughs> instigations, if you have two of them, then, yeah, you can start yeah. drawing a card every turn, starting turn five, technically. Yeah, that's that sounds hilarious. But you're also spending all of your mana on that round, then, doing that. And that's all you do. So oh. that sounds a bit dangerous, too. Eh, that sounds like blue. You know, suck early game, <laughs> win everything forever. I guess after so. that. Uh, and then the last thing we'll mention for Artifact, which is actually super cool. They're doing a... This was so random, okay? They're doing mm -hmm. a vote on what hero to implement into the beta. So I was thinking, Cinderin, before we talk about these heroes, mm -hmm. can we come to an agreement, you and I, who people should vote for? And let's see if we can uh, kind of okay. get people behind us so we can choose the hero. Does that sound good? <laughs> okay. But we have sure. to agree on okay. it. Right. So before we talk about it, let's just talk, let's list the heroes and then each of us get a veto and then we can discuss okay. the last two. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So the first one is Huskar, a red hero. Active is Life Break. Passive is Berserker's Blood. Signature is Inner Fire. They don't give any information other than what the skills are, but we can assume what we want. Yeah. Snapfire is a green hero, which I find interesting. Active is Mortimer Kisses. Signature is Snapfire Cookie. Okay. Arc Warden is blue. Active is Tempest Double. Signature is Spark Wraith. And the last one is Nyx Assassin Black. Active is Vendetta. Signature is Spiked Carapace. So okay. I'm I not going to cheat. Arc Warden. Whoa! I was going to veto that. Okay, I get a freebie. Why would you? Why do you want to veto Arc Warden? Fuck blue. Man, you, Cinderin. I can't believe we're agreeing on something. Holy shit! Yeah. What? Okay. You better not veto mine now, though. I'm going to. I'm probably. You'll be surprised what I'm going to veto. 
I'm thinking mm. of like snap. I was gonna veto Snapfire, but I'm like because it's a green hero means that one of the like I feel like one of her what her signature card is Snapfire Cookie active is Mortimer Kisses, so maybe she doesn't get her little guy out. Whatever his name, Mortimer. I'm gonna get rid of believe it or not my favorite color, which is Nick's Assassin. Nice. Okay, let's discuss Good. the last two. Do you have a strong yeah. feel? I have a strong one that I want. I want Huskar. Me too. Yes. I do. Let's I want do Huskar. it. All right. Let's talk about what this could mean. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what the stats would be at all. Active is Life Break. Passive is Berserker's mm -hmm. Blood Signature Interfire. Let's talk about what these could do, like in terms of numbers. So, so comparing to what usually happens in Dota with these abilities, right? If the active is Life Break, he probably jumps to any spot that's empty on the field and attacks the target. Dealing damage oh, to yeah, it, yeah. okay, and taking mm -hmm. damage. So, for example, let's say this is a, it's his active. It probably costs one mana. That's what all the actives have done so far. Let's say I think this one will have a lower cooldown than the bigger ones. It might be like a one or two second, uh, two turn cooldown. No, three at least. If it's if it's a movement thing, like I think you could cross mm -hmm. lanes with it. I it depends feel... because if the design of this hero is that he deals damage to himself, then he's already inherently a high risk card, right? So he should be high impact too with the jump. Like if you, if you say he's, let's say he's a 10 health hero and he pays five health to life break mm -hmm. to jump somewhere and attack. Then if that's a long cooldown as well, what, how good is the hero really? I don't know. It depends, right? Well, again, that's relative to old school mentality and artifact. How long is three mm -hmm. rounds even? It's supposed to be shorter. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's, that's not that long. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. So I, I kind yeah. of agree. I think it's going to be, you move to another lane even, not just mm -hmm. the lane that you're in. And you deal yeah. damage to them and yourself. Okay, passive berserker's yeah. blood. Uh, yeah, I mean, lower health you are, uh, the more yeah. So in Dota, it's attack speed, so that doesn't really work. It's got to be damage, right? The old school Husker. artifact. Um, that or he regenerates every turn because okay. that's what berserker's blood does now. So the lower that's HP true. you are, the more you heal at the end of the round. But then, what the uh, hell? Is, okay. That would have really good synergy with life break too. If you heal a lot, then you can keep jumping to other lanes without dying. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's what it will do. I think it will regen and only regen, okay. not give damage. Yeah, oh, that makes sense because um, you're dealing a lot of damage with your uh, your ult anyway. Okay, and then yeah. the signature card is inner fire. So an in inner fire, it disarms and does damage. So disarming is a pretty powerful mechanic and artifact. AOE disarm? Yeah. I think Inner Fire will be a pretty expensive card, and then it will work kind of similar to the old Primal Roar, where you oh. uh, you have to cast it across a red hero, mm -hmm. uh, but then the targets that you hit get disarmed and get pushed one tile to the side. So you open up a line in the middle, because Inner Fire gives a knockback in Dota so as well. So right? it's not to other lanes then? Like no, roar. I think it's one tile to the side. And if they can't get pushed, they don't get pushed. But okay. I think they will get pushed one tile to the side, take damage, and get disarmed. And therefore, it will be an expensive card, like maybe five mana or something. Right. Okay. Um, I like it. Yeah, that's my Okay. Guess. So if you guys are fans of us, if you wanted to help us... Hey, how about this? People that have said that they can't afford to uh, help us out with Patreon and stuff, we totally understand. This is how you can help. You can vote for Huskar. Let vote that... manipulation to support the podcast. Let's yes. go. Yes, support us by voting for Huskar. 
you blue heroes. I know you're going to go for Arc Warden anyway. Like, this is this feels like an American election. It really comes down to two heroes, Cinderin. Okay. It's Arc Warden, <laughs> who all the crazy sons of bitches want to vote for, but all the sane people know is ridiculous. All the sane people are spreading their votes to these other three heroes. We need to consolidate. We need to agree on one, which we have done for you here. Okay. <laughs> and Huskar. Vote for Huskar. The link in the description of yeah. the YouTube video will have the voting link. So, But here's the out. problem. You can't get the Americans to vote red, right? So we need all the other countries to vote red. True. So there yes. you go. That's a good point. America's very dumb, is what Cinder is trying to say. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Next topic. Uh, these next ones won't take too long. Uh, I just found them interesting. So Counter-Strike Go, their source code has been leaked, Cinderin, which this yeah. actually happened, uh, if you remember when... Actually, I don't know if you can remember this. You were, so, you were probably in diapers back then, but... Oh, when Half-Life Source, the original, first came out, that was the source code was leaked months before the mm -hmm. game was released. That was a huge deal back then. And I know Valve like redid all their security, like they just flipped everything upside down, went more hardcore on all security related stuff. So, it was reported that their source code was leaked. Uh dev response was, "We have reviewed the leaked code and believe it to be a reposting of a limited CSGO engine code depot released to partners in late 2017 and originally leaked in 2018. From this review, we have not found any reason for players to be alarmed or avoid the current builds. Do you believe that? <laughs> so this leaked in 2018, supposedly. So there has been a leak before, but I haven't heard about that. Me neither. Yeah. I didn't hear about the 2018 original leak. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, do I believe them? Yeah, I think I do. I don't think they would um, lie. Yeah, I don't think they would actually no. lie. And I don't... If if it turns out that... Like, look at it from the company's perspective. If if they lie about something like this and it gets discovered, you lose all trust in your customers, right? Like, that's yep. really... You can't, you can't lie about something like this. Yep. If there's... I mean, yes, technically you can if you can make sure that there is no way people find out. But if it gets found out, it's... There is... I don't... I just don't believe that. I, I think this is honest. Um, and I have no reason to believe that it's wrong based on the fact that nobody has reported any problems since this was five days ago and there hasn't been like any reported issues after this leak that people are getting hacked or losing stuff or whatever with that source code. So it's based on that. It seems uh, everybody cheats in yeah. Counter-Strike already. So nothing new. Yeah. Right. I mean, Hey, but uh, you know what people don't cheat in Valorant streams. Actually not true. That's, that's kind of cheating too. But and people are supposedly already cheating in Valorant. Somehow. They are so occasionally, um, yes. Yeah. So, well, Which this I, is your topic. This is your favorite game. So go ahead. I've been playing a lot still. I I really like the game. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, uh, there's been this. We talked about the streams on Dota that are free Arcanas type stuff. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put it on this. I don't know if it's the same, but it's kind of the same realm, oh. I suppose. Mm -hmm. So for those that don't know, the first week or two of Valorant, only certain people got drops on their streams certain streamers uh were allowed to do that dr disrespect randomly was not one of them but he said that he was getting drops so that was a little drama in and of itself that's a whole nother story so the ones that are super popular right now even though every stream if they want it gets drops now mm -hmm. are the titles that say 24 7 valorant streams or 24 7 drops so essentially what happens is you get somebody that he could go live for like five hours or whatever. He just plays a replay for the remaining yeah. hours in the day. So people just, if they want another key or whatever, 
they just leave it on literally the entire day. So this is boosting the viewership for those streamers. Uh, and of course, people that are putting in the hard work to live stream are upset about it. What do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know why this is allowed. I think, but why it, is free arcana's within, allowed? Well, it's not. It gets banned all the time, right? Uh, but eh, within all the time, <laughs> well, <laughs> within within the terms of service, this might technically be allowed. I don't know what those terms of service says. I think, from what I remember, when streaming on Twitch, uh, you need to stream content. And what I mean by that is you can't put on a stream of you sleeping, for example. That is not considered content because there's nothing happening. But you're allowed to rebroadcast, for example. And technically, this falls under a rebroadcast. You're just rebroadcasting three times in a row. And if that's not against the terms of service, these people are technically not doing anything wrong in terms of the rules. Now, you could say in terms of ethics or whatever you want to call it, this is a bit scummy because you're not making content all the time but you're taking away content from others specifically because you can farm drops. And tons of these people that watch these Valorant streams, they just want to get keys so that they can mm. get access to the game or they can sell them or whatever. I'm assuming you can just trade the key to somebody else, right? Like you just, it's not, is it linked specifically to your it's, account or can you give them away? No, you can't give it away. It's linked to your okay. account. Right. But you could make multiple accounts and then yes. you can sell the account that has a key. So it's still like selling, right? Uh, so people are, this is basically a, it's kind of like a content farm. You know, it's, it's farming. It's not authentic. Uh, the 50,000 people that are on a stream like this aren't actually watching the content. They're just there, but they still receive ads. So the, ad, the advertisers get fucked over a bit too because the people probably don't see these ads, right? But they still play for them. So they are, it just, it's just bad, right? The typical advertisers are going to get worse <laughs> return on investment, huh? Uh, just typically, you're thinking about the sponsors of all people in, in this entire No, I'm, I'm thinking about everyone, right? I know. The biggest, I, I, the biggest losers you, here, the <laughs> biggest losers by far is obviously the other streamers. Because as yeah. far as Twitch goes, they sell their ads, they get their viewership. That's cool. But the other streamers that are putting up live content that you know people should want to try to watch because there's actually something happening, uh, get dwarfed by this because whoever got into this 24-7 game first... And this whole farm thing, when people open the Valorant page, they will usually gravitate toward the most watched streams, right? And if they're the 24-7 streams, they go there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, the biggest problem here is discovery, I think, is that the people that stream live for like a thousand viewers are so far down the list that a lot of the time you just don't find it. And if all of these 24-7 streams weren't running, these people would maybe be on the top 10. And so then do you think this viewers, is a right? Twitch specific problem or is it a combination of uh the way that riot is kind of handling the drop system i think so how does it how does it technically work when the stream is on on twitch these 24 7 streams are they live or is it marked as rebroadcast no they're live they're considered live by the algorithm because yes. that's the thing here right if not they could just say no drops for rebroadcast right which is probably already the case um not sure if that is the case but sure i think in theory. i personally think here within reason it should be against terms of service to rebroadcast without marking it as rebroadcast i think that's the real problem here is if you're recycling your own content over and over again hmm. it's a rebroadcast by definition so then you shouldn't be able you shouldn't be allowed to do that and mark it as live live means live rebroadcast means rebroadcast mm -hmm. and that's the fix to the problem you do that from twitch's side you enforce those rules and it's it's relatively easy, right? Because let's say these big streamers do this shit. 
And obviously, tons of their viewers have already seen this content before. You have 50,000 viewers. There's no way these people haven't seen it before. It can get reported that the same thing gets played again. Twitch go and check if they confirm that's the case. These people get a warning. And the second time, it's some sort of ban for doing it, whatever duration, whatever punishment. Um, if you do it that way, then you remove this whole recycling of content while it's live. And as soon as it's on rebroadcast, you just program in. There's no drops during rebroadcast. I think that's the most elegant solution I can think of right now. Um, it protects the other streamers. It protects uh, the value of the drop. And yeah, I think that's uh, the real question. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done it already, to be honest. Like, why is this not the obvious fix? The I real question, Senator, is have you gotten a Valorant key yet? No, but I also haven't tried. So maybe I should open a 24-7 stream and just have it run in the background. What do that's you think? how you get it. That you should yeah. take advantage so, while you can, you know? I'm not going to fucking do that. Uh, <laughs> last topic before we get to the mailbag, uh, which I guess you can pick which two you want to uh, do for the mailbag, by the way, or which one of the two. Yep. NVIDIA RTX Voice. Have you heard about this? Yes. So I'm going to read I the saw, little snippet here. I think here. because you linked it, actually. I okay. didn't hear it before. So NVIDIA RTX Voice is a new plugin that leverages NVIDIA RTX GPUs and their AI capabilities to remove distracting background noise from your broadcasts, voice chats, and remote video conferencing meetings. This allows users to go live or join a meeting without having to worry about unwanted sounds like loud keyboard typing or other ambient noise in noisy environments. RTX Voice also suppresses background noise from players in loud environments, making incoming audio easier to understand. So this is an AI plugin... That stops background noise, which by itself, you're like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of cool. Have you seen any clips of this working yet, Cinderin? No. But so I, I, I didn't want to mess with my setup, but I did try it on mm -hmm. my own. Mm -hmm. uh, the, what, the, only way that, uh, the only thing that I tested was clapping. Mm -hmm. Didn't make any noise. The first clap, I could see the mic go off a little bit. And then after that, it mm -hmm. made no noise. And the clip that I watched was somebody with this very loud, like, I don't know what kind of fan it was, like this very loud uh, fan mm -hmm. plugged in and going off on high, and he was hammering his desk and talking at the same time. You couldn't hear the hammer. You couldn't hear the fan. It's actually pretty fucking incredible. Uh, I was very impressed. So so I'm guessing the way this AI works is that they it's kind of like machine learning, right? Where it's, they've just trained the audio they've trained this algorithm in understanding what is considered good sound and what is considered bad sound, right? Mm -hmm. That's got to be what they've done. So it That's will detect anything that, yeah. that is considered voice goes through and anything that is considered not voice does not go through. Uh, the thing about something like this is it does come with the inherent problem of if you want something that's not voice to go through, how do you do that? Like if you want to actually make these sound effects and have fun, like you want to as a joke, you want to play your drum kit or whatever. You can't do that, right? Because then well, it, you just that, toggle it off. Just, right. So then you have to, if it's just an on and off toggle that you can just do with a second, like any second you switch it off, any second you switch it on, that's obviously really good. I thought this was something that might need to have boot up permissions or whatever to run. And then you couldn't. No, it's just a little app that runs. Uh, oh, you just switch it on off? Okay. That's pretty cool. So yeah, the way I was thinking about it is, yeah, it, it should detect what a human voice sounds like, which I, I was like, oh, this could be good for slacks. But then I thought about it a little bit more. His voice when he screams, is, that is not a human sound. So I, that might actually block <laughs> it out for people. So then I messaged him like, you should fucking use this. No one has to hear your voice anymore. 
Just kidding, Slacks. We love you. No, uh, not kidding. <laughs> All right, mailbag. Which question you got? I think we should just do them both. Okay, do it to Why it. Not? All right. So the first off, I'm guessing this is a reference to a movie I haven't watched. So we're just gonna actually let's cut that out and take the serious part of the question, not the other one. Okay. Uh, what do you think are the reasons? This is from Lucky Bert. What do you think are the reasons Valve stepped up their communication game? Is it maybe Casey? Uh, it feels like something changed since she works for Valve. So I think um, this is like a cause-effect kind of thing. I don't think Casey has done all of this. I think Casey got hired because of Valve's decision to make an effort in this direction, and she's part of it. That's my guess. I don't think she has uh, the power or has single-handedly swung this communication ship around. Uh I think Valve, based on all the community feedback, everything they've heard, talked about on forums, on whatever, from the fans of what they want, have decided to give it a shot. And she has been hired as part of that step. Uh, and therefore, uh, things are happening. It, I don't know. Maybe Casey plays a bigger role than I think in everything that's being orchestrated. It's mm-hmm. obviously her job. So she's coordinating this and taking a big part in it. No doubt about it. Uh, but I think this is bigger company structure decision. And we are fans of it so far, of this change. Um, but yeah, as far as Casey's role, I can't tell you. I don't know. But she I clearly is working on it, right? If I had, I mean, the domino that started all of this is Artifact. Literally. That's yeah, that was such actually. a huge failure on epic proportions. It's not like it was just... Like, we kind of made fun of uh, Ricochet and whatnot for being a quote-unquote failure. But it's not like it was touted to be this next AAA game, right? Mm-hmm. Artifact was million-dollar tournament. They hyped it up for a year. We hyped it up for a year. Uh, and it was a complete beyond failure and i think the communication part was definitely a big aspect to it so yeah like i agree as a company they probably just felt very out of touch and this is their way to kind of creep into uh what a (laughs) normal company does these days i guess (laughs) is the best way to put it uh second second question is from mg wisney i love dota i started playing dota when i was 18 years old and now i'm in my 30s and i don't have enough time to make playing the game worthwhile anymore still i watch an absurd amount of professional dota and follow it like any other professional sport i love i also have expendable income that i didn't used to have but the only way that i can currently contribute to the health of the professional scene is by buying a battle pass to a game that i don't even have installed anymore what do you think valve can do or should do to open up new ways for me to support my favorite esport this is a really cool question i don't even know what a good answer to it honestly because there's a lot of stuff they could do uh but in terms of like what money you can put in to support them that isn't related to specifically playing the game or i mean obviously you don't want to buy a battle pass if you're not going to use any of the function i have a pretty good suggestion for what he can do actually if he wants to support dota more so what you do is you go to patreon and then you make (laughs) smurfs you make patreon smurfs and then you use the embruged here on our podcast there There you go now you've supported a lot more 24 7 patreon stream right here um so obviously what other games have done or what sports do is the large part of the money that comes in is from merchandising, right? Mm -hmm. The problem from a Valve perspective with merchandising is in order to merchandise, you kind of need to have stable leagues with stable teams so that you can sell said merch. And with Valve's approach to the competitive scene and how they handle it, I think that's something they're probably going to stay away from. Obviously, each individual org have their own merch. Like, if you're a fan of any team, you can buy their shirts or uh, apparel of any sort. But um, they... Is it? It's called apparel, right? Actually, yeah. Merch. Yeah. Yeah, I said apparel for some reason. That's apparel. something you eat an apple. 
mm, apples. Buy some the new apples. Um, so, but outside of that, what could Dota do? So we've talked about having more than one battle pass, for example, like having other stuff during the year that contributes. So it's not just TI, and also so that the money you contribute maybe reach other teams. So have say we get this league system in the new DPC, maybe there's something that contributes to the Tier 2 league uh, mm. where people can support the up-and-coming league somehow. Maybe a battle pass specifically for that only so that not everything goes to the top, but again, that's still a battle pass. Um, I would say if you're watching their streams, which th- this young man is, uh, then supporting in some fashion the tournament organizers, the content creators... Obviously, he's. I believe he is in the Imbruge tier, so or at least in one of the tiers. So he's already doing that to some respect. But I feel like like the tier one players, they don't really need help. They're they're the top of the food chain when it comes to the Dota scene. So if you want to support people, support the scene, it's the people that maybe aren't getting as much, which is again third party tournament organizers, content creators, other personalities, and, and all in yeah. between, streamers, whatever the case may be. Uh, I don't have a like but, some unique idea yeah. though. Specifically, is there... So what do other games do except selling merch uh, for the teams that are in franchise leagues or whatever? Is there something we could get inspired by? Say, does Riot do anything in League? Does Call of Duty do anything from the developer standpoint to uh, raise money for whatever in the game? Uh, or Because nothing really comes to mind for me right now that Valve could just you know, flat out just get inspired by and kind of copy. Hmm. Um, like how would you support Dota so basically he's asking for a way to support Dota where he doesn't get something in the game in return but gets something outside of the game in return and what can you get except they have the secret shop which you know supports them so also supports the game but it's Valve that you're supporting not Hmm. the players Um, what else can you really do like what outside of game content can you give to people that want to spend money but not get stuff in Dota Hmm. outside of merch and that like could you get some sort of thing where when you reach a certain contributor tier, you get better tickets to events, maybe? Uh, maybe a better VIP packaging of some sort for live events so people that really want to support the game get something cool in return? Um, don't know. Live events are kind of, for me, the big, right. I mean, the big I get, potential here. If you look at traditional sports, if you want a, an analogy for basketball, there isn't really that much. So you can go to a game, which is mm-hmm. the ticket itself, you can buy the merch, like you said, or whatever apparel or whatever stuff they have in their yeah. store. That's number two. Number three, which is what is 99% of what I do to support my team, is just watch them on TV. Because <laughs> yeah. they have TV rights. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different game there, which mm-hmm. if you want to make the closest comparison, is streams, watching streams. Yeah. I think you don't have to feel like you need to contribute something uh, if there's no way to contribute other than to watch. So, uh yeah, interesting question though, because never really thought about that from that perspective. Because we've kind of brought this up before. There's a lot of people that have quit playing Dota that still watch. A lot of people that yeah. maybe don't want to get back into the game because it's too much information. I totally understand that. And finding ways to mm-hmm. cater to them to some degree is, I think, pretty important. But it's still, I had this thought yesterday. It's fascinating how many people are like, I don't play the game anymore, but I will spend $100 on the battle pass. It's like, <laughs> Everything you get is in-game and you're not getting... I mean, it's basically a donation if you think about it at that point. Mm. It's like, I like this game. I want to pay something to it. Where, you know, in any sport outside of the game, you get a physical product in return, whether it's a ticket to a game or a shirt or whatever. Like, I I don't feel like this mentality really 
is that much there for sports where people are just like, I will send a check of a hundred dollars to my favorite sports team and say, good luck this season. You know, like that, <laughs> that thing doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't really happen to the same extent. So it's pretty fascinating to me that people, you know, just want to help fund the game because they love it, but get nothing in return. That's a very unique. Well, it really is kind of donation. It is. But like from my perspective, if I'm watching like a pro player from basketball, which I have stream, I'm not good. People sub to them. People donate. And I'm like, dude, this guy has made probably like a hundred million dollars. I am not subbing to him. My money is not going to make any difference. It might as well be, uh, like literal, like, I don't know, a good comparison or a good analogy. I was going to say something with feces, but I couldn't think of anything good. Uh, oh, that's very so unique it, for you. If I watch like a, a, like a college sport or something like that, then yeah, I'd feel more inclined to do something of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that's not making a ridiculous shit ton of ridiculous goddamn money. Uh, but yeah, that's just my perspective. So, Okay. I believe we have come to the end of this episode of We Say Things, episode 50. Sindarin, have you watched In yeah. Bruges? Since it's the 50th episode, I haven't watched it. Thank but you. I will promise you, today we're going to take a step in the right direction. And what is that? You're going to turn on your TV? <laughs> Hasn't been on in months. <laughs> what do you got? Nah, fuck it. Okay, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, Until next time, Suns fan and Sindarin signing out. Remember to vote for Huskar. Make us proud. We we need a name for our viewers, by the way. We we sayers. (laughs) 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 We need a stupid name. You guys come up with that name as well. Until next time, Suns fan Sindarin signing out. Goodbye, everybody. Thingers. See you, thingers. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.